Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, someone who would recognize the face of his enemy a lot sooner than Gladriel did, Ryan Nelson. Justin, never trust a pre-credits reveal. It <laughs> yes, is not never. going to be the actual reveal never trust it <laughs> yeah never trust it. and now we're going to talk quite a bit about that here in just a little bit so uh if you've been listening to the podcast since we started it back in january thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day if you're new to the show we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the season finale of prime videos the rings of power titled alloyed if you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast Go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a three, five, 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple podcast. Leave us a five star rating. And if you have time, write us a review while you're there. If you do write us a review on Apple podcast, we'll read it on air next time we record. So, we are wrapping up the first season of The Rings of Power. It has been a good show. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we would both agree that it's had some hiccups here along the way. But uh, what were your overall thoughts on the season finale? I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was. It really put us in a good spot for season two. I feel good about the show. I feel better about the directions. There's still some things I was like we can discuss, but overall. This was a really, really good episode, and uh, I, we answered a lot of the questions we had, and I feel moving forward, we're, we're in a good place. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you know that I, I've kind of already said this was the first time in the eight episodes of season one that I truly felt similar feelings that I did when I was watching the Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy. And I was beginning to think that wasn't just going to be possible. And like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't a black mark against the show. It's just that that was such an incredible groundbreaking emotional, uh, you know, piece of film work, a uh, piece of cinema, uh, cinema that I never really, really, really truly thought it was going to be possible for this show to, to match that. But I felt some of those same feelings. Now, this episode was fantastic. It was great. But in the same time, it also revealed some frustrations I had with the overall show. Uh, yeah. And we're going to talk about those here in just a second. But like I said, as, as much as I was enjoying it, I was like, okay, but this is making me think back on some things about this, about the just the overall, the, what they've done, what some of the decisions they've made on the show. And how I think they could have made a lot better ones throughout the course yeah. of them to get me to this point. Because this this episode right. was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it real quick. So you mentioned it at the beginning. They have this pre-credit scene with with the stranger and with the the cultist, the the dweller, the, the nomad. Witches. Yes. The white witches. Yeah, the white witches, uh, the dweller, the nomad, and the ascetic. 
and they just come out and say, you're Sauron. <laughs> That's basically what they yeah. say. What yeah. were you thinking when you saw that? Uh, first, I want to say I apologize to anyone who follows me on Twitter with the emotional ride I went on watching uh, football yesterday. So I apologize <laughs> for my Twitter followers. Uh, my first thought was, <laughs> nope, not believing this. No way. Not him. Nope. Not trusting this. Yeah, I, I was the same way. I, I I didn't buy it. As soon as they said, Lord, your Lord's our honor. I don't remember what the exact wording of that phrase was. I was like, it was like, we're here to serve you, Lord. Sorry. Yeah, I think that you're right. That's what that was the line. And when I heard it's like, uh-uh, no, this can't be, they can't, this can't be right. And I will say this. I was like, I wasn't convinced at all that that was the case, but I was also thinking simultaneously as like, if they are doing this, if they are making him Sauron, then this will be the only time we cover this show because I'm going to hate this show. I'm not coming yeah. back to it at any point at the because that would have been such, it would have been bad storytelling. I mean, it would have been mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. bad storytelling because, right. And like I said, as much as I love this episode, it made me like, I wasn't just real thrilled with these three people that they introduced, these three cultist people. And this made me hate them even more. I was like, I I hate this because I will will, will say one thing about them. And I I watched this again this morning. I dig their music. Now their music's fantastic. The witches have cool music. Yes, they do. Like when they come on screen, I was like, Ooh, I like this. This is this is very like eerie. Right. Like you know, they're they're up to no good. Right. Exactly. And the music's fantastic. And look, this is not a this is not a a condemnation of the three actresses that are uh, that are playing these characters. This is just not me being a fan of what they're trying to do here. Because l- let me take you back to when we covered episode four, the Great Wave. That was when I came on here and I said, look. Everything they're doing is they are giving us the breadcrumbs. They are leaving us the trail that Hallbrand is going to be Sauron. That is what they are telling us. Right. And I said, this is the way that this is the way that Tolkien tells stories. He doesn't try to do. He doesn't try to do red herrings. He doesn't try to fool his list readers. He didn't try to do any of that type of stuff. When, when he was writing, that wasn't the way that he did things. And episode four, what to me was the biggest piece of it. Look, they've really been doing it really since they they introduced Hallbrand in, in episode two, but from episode four, that was the one I thought that they laid the biggest breadcrumbs that this is going to be Sauron. This is going to be Sauron. So like I said, I was completely convinced and I was like, they're not going to do red herrings. And then the very next episode, episode five, they introduced these three characters and now they're giving us a red herring. Cause this is the only yeah. reason why I think they put them on here was to make people think that it was, it was a stranger who was Sauron and it was working unfortunately because if you go back and you look like do like a google search for who is Sauron in the rings of power there's a lot of articles of people writing and they're saying like they're l- ranking their characters and most of the time the stranger was at the top of that list i'm like it's like i don't like this idea of introducing a red herring i don't like it at all because that's not tolkien and to me the reason why like i said one of the things that awakened something in me that about this show that I kind of get frustrated with now that they've got everything out in the open, they got their Sauron and this is all likelihood Gandalf. I mean, they haven't said his name yet, but it, it, you don't put a follow your nose line in there. If it's not going to be Gandalf. I mean, that's one of his most famous lines in in the the original trilogy. I was, I I actually did some research uh, and I'm going to do a better job next season of knowing more about backstory on this. 
But, uh, you know, there are people that still think he, this could be, is it Saruman that Christopher Lee played? Yeah, could, there's some people who think it could be Saruman. There's still some people who think it could be one of those Blue Wizards, because we never learned anything about the Blue Wizards. Yeah. There's not there's hardly any information on the Blue Wizards. I still feel like it's Gandalf. Like I said, the, yeah, it, I, I do too. But regardless, I mean, they've they've laid out that it's a wizard. I mean, so, I mean, they've given us, you know, enough information about them to at least have some surety about, you know, who the character is. We know it's one of those five wizards. We may not know exactly which one it is. And I still feel pretty confident that it's him. But once they have all this laid out and all that mystery is gone, that's when I was like, oh, now I feel this story. Now I can kind of feel Tolkien coming yeah. through. And right. like I said, and the fact that they decided to drag this out for eight episodes, that was that was such a mistake, in my opinion. Is And like, I don't know what they're doing for, for the rest of these the next four seasons of the show. But like I said, there was some frustration when when I started to feel when I started to feel that sense of joy, that sense of longing that I love this story for. But to know like you could have had this sooner, you could have had this a lot sooner yeah. if you don't do yeah. this. But nevertheless, that, that's just me. So, uh, but anyway, so we get this and they're, they're playing it out. And one of the things I think that's so interesting about her about these characters is they are doing a lot of Sauron type things. So I don't. Do you think that we've seen the last of them, or is this it for them? I was just thinking that I, I feel like they've got to come back I and, and hook hook up with with Hallbrand slash Sauron or Adara, I guess. Maybe I mean, probably. I mean, they're looking for Sauron, so I feel like they'll get Hallbrand. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I, surely they have to have a. A bigger part i mean this isn't because they didn't get like killed or anything right they just kind of got ran off well i mean he uh, gandalf forever the, the wizard is that does this to them i mean he turns the them stranger into, yes he turns them into he turns them into moss uh, he kind of like dissolves them okay. into moss and like i said i don't know if that means they're dead or if they're just in another form because like i said one of the things i liked about them is in the original material like if you go through and you're reading some of the appendices when they, when you're kind of going back and forth between the original story and the appendices one of the things that they make very clear is that sauron in the second age he appeared to people in what they call a fair form he could take on different forms and that's what these three are doing in this i mean like uh they they appear to they take on the form of poppy like to draw sauron to draw the, yeah, the wizard yeah. in uh because he's so because he's so attached to poppy into the to the harfoots so they take on that form when the harfoots are kind of like enacting their 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 rescue plan they take on the they take on the form of of the, of the stranger uh, that's one of the things that they do so yeah. like i said there's that there is this this callback to what sauron is capable of doing so it feels it feels like they're going to be around in the second season uh, i, I kind of feel that way that they are going to hook up with with sauron yeah. and hallbrand maybe i'm wrong about that and like i said i don't really know what that means for hallbrand uh does he learn does he learn how to do this from them uh and he starts to do it later on so because there's a lot of stuff that feels like they're going to start to dress but one of the things that i came away from this episode with is it feels like the show can start now <laughs> which is, yeah 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 it, i'm kind of with you on that. it yeah. really feels like which is like i said it, it kind of makes me frustrated as well because like i want it could have felt this a lot sooner because it, it really truly felt like yeah. i was get, we're getting the lord of the rings and which is what's great about this is the person who i think is the best character in this entire show is Durin. he's not even seeing this one right i know wasn't that kind of weird that we don't see them especially you know after we get the uh the um Oh, what is it called? The Mithril? 
the, no, the, 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 uh, Brain? no, the Balrog, the Balrog. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got that and we didn't see them again. And then also we didn't see anything from the South, uh, a seal door. We, we don't know what happened. I thought it was weird. I thought they did a good job, and there, this was a long episode. Yeah, it was. But mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of weird we didn't get a little bit of those plots, especially yeah. since they were kind of left at, at a spot that you thought you would see them again yeah. in the finale. The only thing I can think of is basically, I mean, the Southlands, I mean, until they want to move forward with whatever is happening between Adar, yeah. I mean, that they really kind of closed the book on that when in episode seven with Mordor with the revelation that Southlands is now Mordor. Uh, I mean, I guess I was kind of surprised they didn't at least go back to it as well, but I guess there wasn't really a whole lot to go back to until they truly want to advance that well, story some more. A uh, seal is the, the yeah, big thing. The seal like, showing thing. he's alive. Yeah. You would think they would show him alive. Um, and I guess the, the Especially reason he's in the, he's in the preview as well. Yeah, you're right. He, was he in the preview this week? I guess I yeah. Yeah. Cause they showed, they showed him like, because they were setting up his dad as well, the right. scenes with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. I guess I didn't uh, <coughs> I, I, I didn't catch that in the preview. But yeah, you, I guess the only reason they don't really revisit that in this is because they. if, you, if you're watching this, you're probably somewhat familiar with Lord of the Rings. You know he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, right, that, right. That's the only thing I can come up with. Uh, but yeah, it is weird that they don't... You would think they would have at least gone back to all of the storylines for at least just a second just to kind of give a little bit more closure on on them until we get ready to go into into season two uh but one of the things i do the part of this episode that i loved because i mean look the harfoots they were great uh you know they were fantastic they were it's and we finally start to feel really sad for them i mean when mm-hmm. when when sadak burrows dies uh, i've got some issues oh. with with this because like wizards can heal <laughs> and, and i was thinking the same thing it's like he's they sh- and they show him for a second like like okay we're gonna go over there too aren't you no yeah we watch this again and my wife's like so i guess gandalf's not there to help i was like no he's right there <laughs> he's right they there. showed him yeah, yeah uh, i don't yeah, get I'm, that i'm, I'm gonna give the harfoots so much credit because I kind of badmouthed them in like the first episode or the second or third, but they ended up maybe being the. Uh, I think Durin is Durin and his wife are the best part, and and Elrond, but it, they're right there with them. They right they ended them. up mm-hmm. being just incredible, and the Poppy and Nori, we got to see Poppy again. I'm, con- you know, there's no way that her story. Yeah, and like you said, I, w- I was so sad to see Sada. He he was such a great great character. I like the only thing I can think of is the reason they let him die and the reason why they don't have the, whichever wizard this is like I, I feel confident that it's Gandalf but what, the reason they don't let this wizard come over and like save him is because a big thing to Tolkien is you know having peace when you die uh, yeah, yeah, and being yeah. content when you die and they want to like because he's really the only character that of any consequence in this thing that, that passes away I uh, was going to say well, since no one died <laughs> at the Volcano, let's kill off the old guy <laughs> let's kill off the old guy the, the short old guy he, in this but he, did, but he had a beautiful death though. yeah he did and I, I think that's the reason why they, they decided to not let him go over and help him is because you know they want to have this and also i think there is something you know this is kind of like the price he pays for being the one to send the stranger off in the first right. place it, right you're right though yeah and that's kind L- of, and let's shout out lenny henry just a fantastic job yeah he was that. he was really good he didn't have just a huge part in this but yeah. he did such a good job and he because he 
he was so very conflicted throughout the course of this entire thing. Once, you know, the stranger shows up and he kind of wrecks their cam. I guess that was in episode three, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, three or four. Right. Uh, but whenever he shows up and he wrecks their camp, you know, everybody else in the, in the campus, tell him, leave him behind. You got Malva who's telling them to, you know, take their wheels. I mean, you got all these people and you know, he's conflicted because he knows what's best for what's best for the group. I mean, he's probably leaving, you know, Poppy and her family behind. It's probably what is best yeah. for everyone. But, you know, it's they're still, you know, part of the, the, the they're still like family to him. And he just doesn't want to bring himself to do that. And like I said, so having that conflicted, that confliction in him throughout, like I said, was really, really good. We don't get him a lot, but when he when he is there, he is really good yeah, at what he does. So. And, and he, he had a great lie. It was something like, in the long list of bad ideas, this is at the top. Yes, it was. That was a great one. Yeah, because I mean, they're completely outmatched. I mean, just yeah, completely yeah, yeah. outmatched for this. But but I love the way they they you know they had the sneak attack, uh-huh. and, like the 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 throwing the rocks right. and like hiding. It was man, it was so much fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. And like I said, the first moment I really truly started to feel this same sense of wonder when watching this is the moment that Nori convinces the stranger to take that staff. And that's when you start yes. to feel like, oh, we're getting Gandalf. We're getting right. him. And and that looked like a movie. It looked it did. like it didn't look like a TV show. Just the the colors, just the way it looked and mm-hmm. the, the way it was going, it was like a movie. It really was. It it truly was. And like I said, that's when I was like Oh yeah, he's got his staff. We're about to see him, and like I said, this is when he he puts out all the fires, and this is when the 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 three witches or whatever you want to call them are like, oh crap, we screwed up. This is not yeah, yeah. And that's why also when I, I am good. Yes, that that's one of the things about this this episode is there's a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on this choice to being good and him yeah. making that choice because. It's one of the things about. It's one of the things that is so important to Tolkien is this idea of power, and you know it looks completely different. You know you can give the same power to, to two different people, and it can look completely different because one person may be doing it to save people and to help people. You give that same power to somebody else, and they may be using it to further their own good, further their own agenda, and do things selfishly, and do things for evil. Even though yeah. it's the same power, it looks very, very different in the hands of whoever it is wielding it. Well, let me shout out Nori for dropping uh, what will become a senior quote for uh, pa- Rings of Power and Lord of the Ring- Rings nerd, where she says, only you can show what you are. Right. Mm-hmm. You choose what you do. Yeah. You are here to help. Yes. That was that was a fantastic line. And like I said... Th- we, we're not doing line of the week, but there's there would have been a lot of good ones in, in yeah. this one if we were doing doing yeah. lines of the week. So, uh, and that's just one of the many lines that, that we could have could have picked from. Uh, the dialogue in this, the one thing I will give them a lot of credit for in this in this show is they were having to create Tolkien type dialogue, and they really do a very good job of it. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of really strong dialogue and monologues throughout the course of this episode this course of this season that just really hit hit home and really drive in you let me make you try to think that this is truly a tolkien work and like i said and it is but it's just such a different type when it's just appendices it's just him kind of like rattling all facts it's it's not quite the same thing so for them to try to work that into there i thought they did a fantastic job of it so yeah uh but yeah the the stranger one of the things I don't like about the choices they made with him 
is basically he's incapable of speaking throughout most of this season. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And finally, here in episode eight, he's able to talk like a normal person. He is a Shakespearean actor all of a sudden. Yeah, well, and that's one of the things. Uh, what's his name? Daniel Heyman? Was was that his name? Yeah. Uh, Daniel Wyman. What? Daniel Wyman. He's really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he is really good. I really was good. like, when he actually starts like delivering actual lines, and I'm like, Oh wow! This guy looked. Yeah. If he is Gandalf, he's not Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen gave one of the greatest performances I've ever right, seen as right. Gandalf. He's not. He's not Ian McKellen. But man, he's giving me Ian McKellen type vibes. I'm like, why sure. do you wait eight episodes to allow this guy? This guy to really be able to cook? Because yeah. <laughs> once he started cooking, he man, he was good. He was good. He was really good. You're, you're right though. Uh, I would I would have liked to have seen more to him. Yeah, because I mean, like. The, you're, look, you can do a lot in terms of your body language and what you do, like in terms of how you portray things with when you're acting. You can do a lot with that, but you're still somewhat limited unless you're unless you actually are like playing a deaf character or something like that. But when you give this guy the ability to talk, and because a wizard, I mean, they have to actually cast spells and they have to be able to speak to be able to do so. When you actually right. allow him to talk, it just gave him so much more breadth and so much more depth. And I was like, wow, this guy's really good. Like I said, I, I'm not familiar with Daniel, uh, Daniel Wayman at all. I've never seen him in anything. It's not that I'm aware of. But yeah. I was just captivated by, by his performance once they finally allowed him to actually speak. And like I said, uh, I can't wait to see more of him in that season two. He, I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah, he's 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 good. That's something to really look forward to. You're you're right about that. So, like, and like I said, just the adventures that he's going to have with with Nori. You know, Nori. Uh, what is the actor that played Nori? And I had her name pulled up a second ago. Markella Cavanaugh. Yeah, Markella Cavanaugh. Uh, I look forward to what, really great. Yeah, well, I look forward to what they're going to do because we're getting the Frodo Gandalf vibes from from the two of them. Yeah. Uh, and Poppy is Sam. Poppy is Sam, even though she doesn't join. So I'll be interested to see how that how that kind of plays out because she doesn't go along with them. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how how that ends up playing out as well. But uh, like I said, this storyline it's one that you and I kind of badmouth for a little while because the Harfoots yeah. as that, look, there is some justification in what we're talking about because they are so vicious towards their own. I mean, you, you know, you keep up or you die, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, like, they so, didn't seem to care about each other, but they finally show that the last two episodes, right? Well, I mean, I don't know if they never truly felt like they showed that they cared about each other, but it's just that you know, it's just so such a harsh way of life. And because if you truly believe that the only way that you can survive as a people is to keep moving forward, regardless of what is happening to somebody else, you know, that's a difficult thing to have to deal with. And, you know, I'm sure it probably, it would be nice if we could have seen somebody who ends up having to get left behind because, you know, to see that, to see them like kind of wrestle with that, it would have kind of been nice. Right. right. Uh, because otherwise they just kind of come across as like, Oh, well, sucks to be you, <laughs> you know, you're getting left behind. Yeah. Uh, Cause like I said, I've kind of would like to have seen that from, from one of them, you know, the, see that, that difficult choice, you know, well, we, I know you can't, I, we don't want to leave you behind, but for the good of the community, we have to, like I said, we, we there would have been nice if we could have seen that, but, by the end of this thing, they're they're great. They are what the hobbits are supposed to be. They're the most one yeah. of the most engaging, one of the most uh, one of the most loved, beloved parts of Tolkien lore is the hobbits, and they start to kind of fill into that role. At least for me, they did, and I think yeah. they did for you as well. 
Uh, they did for sure. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the real thing that most people are talking about when they yes. when they talk about this show. So we finally get our answers. We finally understand. We finally figure out who Sauron is, and it is Hallbrand. Uh, like I said, look, I've been saying this since episode four. This was all the way. This was always going to be the case. Uh, yeah, he, he had to be Sauron, and I like the way they did this because it is bringing full circle Galadriel's unwavering dedication to putting this guy on the room because she thinks this is the way to fully bring about the destruction of the orcs it's the way to bring about the destruction of sauron and she doesn't even realize that in her in her grand in, in her grand design to go after the orcs to go after sauron that she is empowering him along the way and like i said and she has right. to she has to have a reckoning with that and that's one of the things i love she about does. this episode and the the biggest thing i thought Boy, there are going to be consequences for her in season two with Gilgalad because yeah. he is going to call her out when she finds out who this is and that, you know, she was the one who saved him and brought him in. Well, I mean, go back to episode one. My line, my, uh, come, mm-hmm. with, come with the king, you best not miss. My line for the week was that line about him saying, you know, the same wind that hopes to extinguish a fire might be the one that also ends up spreading it as well. And yes. I said at the very beginning, it's like, I want to see if something happens because of that. And it is. Yep. I mean, and yep. what's what's great about about Morfred Clark's performance and what's great about uh Charlie Vickers performance in this episode when they're when she is confronting him about this and he is finally revealing who he is, she has she has been so blinded in her desire to avenge her brother. She's been so blinded in her desire to to go after Sauron she has completely lost sight of how things transpired. She says, you lied to me. Uh, and she, he says, no, I tried to tell you from the beginning. I was evil, and I did evil things. Yeah. She says, you convinced Muriel that you were the king. No, you did that. You convinced her that right. I was the king. I wanted to stay that in Numenor. Fantastic scene. And he is not lying at all when he is saying that. I mean, he is 100% yeah. truthful. And like I said, that's one of the things that that is just so fantastic about this episode is she is having to realize, oh crap, I did this. And there was right. there was a moment, I guess it was in episode five, because I think this is when I talked to uh, uh, Blake about this, is when Charlie Vickers' character, Hallbron, when he is like confronting her, he's like, why are you pushing so hard on this? Why are you pushing so hard? And she basically says, you know, I'm afraid that I am what these, what the people who sent me off to the West, I'm afraid that they are right. I'm afraid that what they, what they fear in me is actually correct. And this ends up being the case. She, they are right. And she's having, like I said, her having to deal with that and her having to struggle with that is just great. And she is still making the same mistakes. That's another thing that's so great because at the end of this thing, when they make the decision to go ahead and forge three rings instead of just the two, when they make the decision to do that, you know, you've got Celebrimbor who's there. You've got Elrond there, and they're asking, what happened? Who is this guy? Why are you so afraid of him? Right. And she basically says, you have to trust me because I know best, And she's, which is the problem that she has had since the beginning of the show. I know yeah. that I'm the one to handle this. Right. And she still keeps making that same mistake. Like and, said, and her and Elrond had that great moment of where they made up, and they were like, we need to be honest with each other, and right. then she immediately lies to him. And he, he says, you know, you're making this really hard promise to keep at yeah. this point. Uh, like I said, just fantastic stuff all around. Um, but let's yeah. go ahead and talk about how we kind of 
the moment I knew that the the stranger reveal at the very beginning was, you know, we've come to serve you, Lord Sauron. The moment I know this is this is all baloney, uh, you know, well, the moment that it was confirmed to me that it was baloney when when Halbrun walks into Celebrimbor's workshop, yeah, and he's like. He's like, he's asking who's there and all this type of stuff. And Celebrimbor is kind of suspicious of this guy. And when he says, uh, he says, where, what is this place? When, when Halbrand asks him, what is this place? And he says, well, it's Celebrimbor's workshop. And he goes, the Celebrimbor. And at this moment, I truly believe that Sauron is putting a spell on him. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. at this moment, all of a sudden, Celebrimbor is just, Waiting with on pins and needles for every word that Hallbron has to say. Uh, he he can't wait. To, he's constantly going to him. He's infatuated with the, with his advice, and that's the moment. Like when he decides, like I'm going to like help this guy forward something. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They're about yeah. to reveal <laughs> what's going on here. And Charlie Vickers, man, what what a just impressive acting charming mm-hmm. he had Celebrimbor eating out of his palms yes he did he he completely like I said and that's the reason why I think it's a spell because yeah he like I said Celebrimbor was just completely like okay yeah that's that sounds good I'll, that sounds great let's do that let's do that I'll do anything you want and like even Gilgalad who comes in later on and says like and Celebrimbor is telling him you know I, I, we saw you know it's the Hallbrand he's the one who like gave us this idea to use these other metals to possibly amplify the mithril and Gilgalad's like, you mean the low guy, that guy, that's the guy you're trusting. Yeah, I, I know. And so, like I said, and that is that kind of plays into the original, uh, the original text because in the original text, Gilgalad never bought into him. Uh, he never bought into like. Uh, I guess what I'm what I'm wanting to see is what are they going to do from this point? Because they're keeping it very similar to to the original text because in the original text. Sauron never had a hand in actually making the rings, the three rings of the Elven Kings. He he actually does help Celebrimbor make the seven rings for the dwarves, and he helps him make the nine rings for the for the kings of men. He helps him make those, and that's the reason he's able to make the one ring of power later on. But he never helps. He never lays a finger on the three Elven rings, and that's actually something that he is desiring to get because he wants to get a hold of them to try to put them somewhat under the spell of the one ring so that the, they're paying, they're being kind of true to that. But I'll be interested because at this point, you know, Gladriel knows who Sauron is. How are they going to get yeah. him back into, how are they going to get him back into Celebrimbor for him to help him make those other 16 rings? That's one of the things I'm, I'm really interested to see because in the, uh, you, you know that there, it's going to be, Celebrimbor remembering what he told him or yeah. something. I, I, I cannot imagine he comes back and helps. Yeah, well, I, no, but that's the thing. He has to actually help because that's the reason. If they're going to keep it, and this is something I feel they have to keep true to the text. For him to have, to make the one ring and for it to rule the other rings, like it says in the text, you know, the one ring yeah. to bind them, one ring to rule them all, he has to help them make them because he has to be able to put his own spells into those rings. Well, okay. So if he put on a if he put a spell on him, like you're no, that's saying, true. I guess they could do it that he way. He could be he could be talking through visions or something else. Well, well, here's well, I guess what I'm getting at is in the books in the original text, the way he disguises himself is through this character called Anatar. And so yeah, I'm wondering, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if like we're going to see him taking on a different form as well through this person that's called true. Anatar, and that's how he ends Wouldn't up. That, 
that, that I could see that. I, I would hate that if we lose Charlie Vickers. Well, see, I, I kind of see him going like he'll go back and forth. That's my guess. Right, right. He'll right, go yeah. back and forth. If maybe, and maybe I'm t- completely wrong about that. And maybe you know he just. He just kind of weasels his way around and just makes sure that you know Galadriel's not there. If he has truly put a spell on, on Celebrimbor, you know it, it it won't matter what what Galadriel said, and he'll he'll yeah. convince him he'll convince Celebrimbor somehow or another to let him actually well, in there and help I, him. I read an article. I think it was in uh, Deadline with Charlie Vickers, and he's he made it sound like he, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna and he mentions that him and Adar. Uh, have a long history and it will right. be brought out in season two. Yeah. And that's and one thing I'm, we'll, I'm really interested to see. Yeah. And then we'll see more of how he uh, let Galadriel uh, make decisions. It sounds like we'll get more of that in season two. So we're going to get a lot more Charlie. Vickers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, f- I feel confident. We'll get a lot. We'll get a lot yeah. more of him. I really truly believe that. Like I said, I'll, I don't really know how they're going to get the rest of the rings created. Uh, that's going to be fun yeah. to watch. Well, uh, yeah, because you know, what I read is the, the these three, were the last rings made <laughs> that I don't remember. That may be the case. Uh, like I said, I, yeah. I truly do not remember. I thought that I thought these three were the first three and maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, I have to go back and I'd have to go back and look, but, uh, but, but like I said, the one thing I do know is, is, uh, Sauron never had any actual, he never laid his hands on these three rings. He never had anything to act. I mean, he, yes, he tried to help Calibrin board to start, but he never actually, has any because by the time they actually make these rings at the very end of the episode he's gone he's he's not there anymore so yeah um but yeah like i said and that just the the way they are paying off a lot of this just works so well Mm because like that that moment in episode four when he tells Galadriel, you know uh when they're having the discussion about how to uh truly defeat your enemy or something like that and she says uh you know what is you know what is it learn what it is that, that scares them and she's like so i so you can exploit it he says no let them master it so that you can find a way of mastering them and like that that scene when they kind of go into the the mind trap or whatever it is that that mm-hmm. she puts it that he puts her in yes and she's there with her brother and like because this is something that he learned from her in episode five the reason why what pushed her so hard he learns that in episode five that what's pushing her so hard throughout this is the fact that you know she felt like she had this oath to her brother and that's one of the first things that she that he presents to her is here's your brother here's the guy that you love and one of the other things that that they pay off so very well is in that scene in episode five if you go back and watch it when she reveals to him her what's pushing her forward in this there's a moment when Hallbrun says, I'm truly sorry about your brother. And that moment, like it really truly felt like he was sorry that he killed him. Like it, 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 it yeah, came yeah. across as, you know, I'm sorry that you're, I'm just, I feel sorrow for you because you lost your brother. But looking back on it now, and like I said, I kind of was thinking this when, when I first saw it, cause I was just convinced that this was going to be going to be Sauron. It felt like he was truly apologizing to her, Right. I'm sorry for killing your brother. It really felt like yeah. that. Uh, like I said, yeah. just... Yeah. I, I was going to mention a couple of things with the vision thing, because it was really cool. Yes, it was. When, when, when you see that vision of where he's like, they can work together, and you see mm-hmm. him as Sauron and her... Oh man, it looks so good. And also the way they film Charlie Vickers when he's screaming at yes. her, and just how dark he looks. 
Uh, oh man, I was I was getting chills. He he would have been the Tyrion Lannister uh, hands yeah. down. Oh yeah, he would have been because that dude was on fire. Well, talk. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go back to that scene where you're talking about with him. Then looking at the water, and you can see basically the image of Sauron right before, uh, right at the, at the beginning of, of the original Fellowship of the Ring. The idea of mirrors and them showing what they, you being able to see what you really see, uh, them showing the, what they really are, that is such an important part with Galadriel. I mean, you think back to the Fellowship of the Ring when, you know, she shows Frodo, she pours the water into the mirror and, you know, she's, uh, Frodo looks in the mirror and sees what's happening to the Shire if he's not, if he's not successful mm-hmm. on his mission. Uh, like I said, that is just so important in just the entire work of Galadriel. I mean, it's, and like, this is that same test that she had in the Fellowship of the Ring. Like, he's telling her, like, you, I, you will bind me to the light. I will bind you to power. We will rule. We, we will, we will save, we will save Middle Earth. And she says, you know, do you do you mean to save her? Do you need him to rule it? And he says, "I see no difference." And that's when yeah. that's when she like pulls the, the 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 knife on him. And like I said, it's this she's being tested again because one thing that they don't do they don't do a real good job in this or in the the original movies. One of her driving forces in the original material in the original text is she has this desire to rule. She has this desire to be a queen. So for mm-hmm. her to turn this down is a huge thing if you think about it from the original text. Like I said, it doesn't right. come across as well in in this show or in the or in the, the original movies. But like I said, if you know that from the original text, that's that's a that's a pretty big deal for her to turn down power because yeah. that was something that she was always going after. Uh, mm-hmm. like I said, just so many good parts to that entire that entire yeah. episode. One thing we haven't talked about, and I do want to make sure we talk about this. It's this really weird scene back on Numenor. You got the king about to die. Uh, yeah. And you got Farazone, who is like telling all these artists who are women. He's saying he's like trying to, they want to make this statue that will forever, like, will forever like let him live on. Uh, but they've got to get, they got to get it right. So they, they have all these people in to draw him and Aryan is there because this is a silver sister. It's, uh, Alindil's, uh, Alindil's daughter. Yeah. And like he, speaking of things that kind of carry over from uh, other shows that we watch, uh, he thinks he's talking to his daughter, just kind of like, like Viserys thought he was talking to his daughter. Yes. He's not talking to his daughter. He's talking to some other woman. And like he reveals where the Palantir is, and like like I don't really know where they were going with that. Uh, that's another thing I can't wait. To yeah, and and they and they kind of got away from it. And also, isn't that girl? Isn't she supposed to be like a teen? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you imagine being a teenager and some old guy wakes from his sleep and says, "I know what you do at night when no one's watching." <laughs> that's true. I would be like, oh god. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be that would be kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, like I, said, I don't really know where they're going with that. So I, I want to see where they're going with it. Uh, yeah. One thing, another thing we haven't talked about, uh, Muriel and Lindiel, they are, they're on their way back to Numenor. They're, uh, you I know, I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Muriel is basically trying to convince him that he did the right thing because he doesn't think yeah. so anymore. He's lost his son. He doesn't think he's done the right thing. And she basically tells, tells him something along the lines of, you know, sometimes, we should do things and the right thing, you know, we may not do those right things if we know the cost ahead of time. Uh, and, you know, obviously referring to the fact that he loses his son, this is kind of the cost that he has to pay, even though he's going to get his son back. We, because we know this, <laughs> uh, but like I said, uh, a lot of going on there. 
the one thing I don't know, and the one thing I, I have not been able to find anything about is when they get to Numenor, there's all these ships with black flags, and I don't know what they mean. I have no well, idea. I, the king's dead. Okay, is that what the okay? That's what I didn't yeah, know. Okay, I, I I read that somewhere because I thought the same. Because I was like, what are what does he see? Because I didn't even notice the black flags don't watch her. Also, the last episode, he was angry at her. This right. episode looked like they were about to hook up. Yeah, they did. They did look like they were about to hook up. So, like I said, there was like this thing was just kind of weird when you play it from last it week to this week, and they didn't do a good job of, of explaining. Like I said, they want no. you to they want you to pick this up. I guess that that the king has died. Like I said, I kind of already got that, so I wasn't really. I don't know. Maybe they should have put the scene with Arian, and they should have put that like right at, before this or something. It didn't yes. pair well because. Well, why couldn't somebody on the ship goes? Oh no, the king has died or something. Yeah, like yeah. And they yeah. they they want us to figure it out on our own. I get that. They, yeah. they want us. To, they, they don't want to just come out and say, "Hey, here it is. Here it is. Here it is." But you got to do a better job if you're going to do that. You got to do a better yeah. job of selling it in in the show. And like I said, I, yeah. I just didn't think they they sold it very well because right. I saw those black flags. I kept looking like. What is this supposed to mean? Why all the ships have black flags? Right. Why do they have black flags? But yeah, you're right. They're signifying that the king has died. Now that you now that you mentioned that, I was like, okay, well that doesn't make sense. But it didn't make sense when I saw it. So no, I agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, just this entire episode is just fantastic. I don't really know. I want to see them actually put the rings on who they give them to. I know they're going to give them to Gil Gilad. Uh, he'll get one of them. I don't. Uh, uh, Galadriel has one in. The Fellowship of the Ring. She's wearing that 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 silverish looking one. The one that actually looks like it's made of mithril. That is actually mm-hmm. going to be her ring. I just don't know that she's going to get it here. Um, okay. So, like I said, I don't know who who's going to get the rings to start with. The only one I know for certain will be Gilgalad. He will get he will get one of them. Uh, I want to see who who gets the other ones. Uh, and like I said, one of the other th- interesting things about this, you know, these characters have had amazing growth. They've had tons of growth throughout the course of this. And we get to this point where they make these rings, these rings of power that they are making, these three rings, and they're like, only elves can have this power. So, like, we still right. can't get past the, dis- the the mistrust that these races have towards each other. We still can't get past all that because they're still having some of those same issues. Uh, like I said, it's still going to be interesting to see them get past those at some point. Because, obviously, Elrond is trying with Durin and the dwarves uh, and Durin is trying with the dwarves and the elves. I don't know if anybody's going to try anything with the, with the men, but we'll, you know, right. we'll have to wait and see. So um, have we covered everything? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 I think we have to, uh, yeah, I, I think we've done a good job. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say is one of the criticisms I've seen of this episode is people said, you know, there's a lot in this episode and they felt like they put too much in this. I kind of understand I kind of understand, but the glacial pace of the previous seven episodes, I'm like, right. I'm not going to complain about them doing too much. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And like I said, I still think we could have had a brief scene of the, yeah, the, right. the South and, and Durin, just something. Yeah, I know. You know so, mm. But but I'm with you. I, I I thought it moved well. I thought there was a lot. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was the best episode of the Yeah, season. I did too. I, I thought it was too. I thought it was by far the best episode. It's still not the highest on IMDb. The, one, the highest one is the, the battle scene, Udun or whatever it's called. Okay. Uh, but I don't agree with those people. I think this one's the best yeah, one. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, shall we do our season awards then? Let's do it. All right. So, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we wrap up a season of a show or whenever we are covering a movie, we do six awards that are all based on the six characters of Friends. So, we will start with the Rachel, which is the star of the show. Who are you going with? 
Well, let me just first off, forgetting that we do this at the end of a episode, at the end of a season. When you said, "Well, we're not doing the Tyrion Lannister this week," I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> I forgot!" So I had to pull up what we did. And I was like, oh, the Friends characters. That's right, the Friends characters. It's, it's been a while since we've done it at the end of a show. It's uh, been a while. It has. Since mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so I'm going to go. I'm doing this. Uh, so there's going to have to be some codes in this one. Yeah, I, I don't like doing codes, but I had to do some codes on uh, this one. So on the Rachel, uh, the Shining Star, I'm going Morford Clark, uh, Charlie Vickers, and uh, Robert Arameo. Okay, I went with just uh, I went with just Morphe Clark and, and Charlie Vickers. Uh, I didn't include Robert. I have him somewhere else, but I went with those two. Yeah. But we we'll go ahead and explain why you're going with those three. Uh, they were they were the biggest standouts of the show. I thought, yeah. and and you know, it all kind of relied on how good they were, yeah. and especially Morphe Clark and and Charlie Vickers because they were kind of involved with some of the worst storylines. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they still. At the end, you realize they pulled it all off. Thank God for them. Yeah, so. I, I'm with you. Morphin Clark and Charlie Vickers were mine because they had the most important roles. And even though, like you said, they to me they weren't part of the best storylines of this of this season yeah. of this show. They still have the most important roles, and they still are required. If they don't pull off their roles, especially here at the end, uh, especially here yeah. in this final episode, you the the show just doesn't work. And that's one of the reasons why I, I, I went with them. So. All right, the Joey, the person who isn't necessarily the star, but somebody, it's a character that you just love anyway. Who's your Joey? I went with the couple from the South, uh, Ishmael Cruz Cordova as Arondir and Nazini Bondi as Bronwyn. Okay. Uh, I, I go with Arondir here, uh, but I'll, this is also where I put Robert Arameo as Elrond. Uh, I put okay, him yeah. in for this one. Uh, I can see why you put uh, uh, Bronwyn in this as well. Uh, I don't really... I'll be interested in what happens with her next with her character next season. Me uh, too, yeah. Uh, she kind of took on a leadership role, but Mordor is... Uh, the Southlands is kind of gone. Uh, so, like I said, and like the person they just declared king is now is now Sauron. He's, and he look, he's back there. He's He is simply walking into Mordor uh, to, to, to hit that meme. Uh, yeah. But uh, he's walking into Mordor, so I guess technically they could, they could still think he is... If they don't know that he's Sauron and they don't know that he's evil, maybe they still... I, like I said, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch unfold in, yeah. in Season 2. So, uh, But I did a Robert Aramayo here just because I, I liked his character a lot. I, I don't think he... Yeah. I, I didn't put him with the original, the, the, the Rachel, just because I don't think his role has quite the same weight in, in this season. I think his role will have more as we get into this. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a take on a much bigger role because obviously... Uh, Elrond is one of the most important elves once we get to the Lord of the Rings. So, like I said, I feel like his his role will will be burdened more and have a much heavier weight as we get as we go forward. So, uh, the Chandler, the person who made you laugh the most, who's your Chandler? Uh, this was two people, and I, I it has to be Owen Arthur as Durin the Fourth, and uh, his wife uh, Sophia Namvedi as Disa. They, they brought the most laughs. Yeah. I didn't think to put Disa in there, but you're right. Uh, I put those, I'll, I'll put her in there with mine as well, but yeah, they, look, there's not a ton of laughs in this, but this is no. when they are provided, they are typically provided by the two of them. So I, I agree with you on that. So, all right, next is the Phoebe, the oddball of the show. Uh, who is your Phoebe for this one? So I'm going with two characters. Uh, I'm going with the stranger. Okay, played by uh, Daniel Wyman, and then I'm going with the uh, the Queen, okay, uh, played by Cynthia Ade Robinson, 
Queen Muriel uh, because we just didn't know what she was about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was kind of confusing for a while. It looked like she might be the bad guy. Yeah, so, uh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. who I go with. I went with Emma Horvath as Aryan uh, because I truly don't know what her character is going to be. I, I, I still don't understand yeah. her character. Uh, she. Yeah. When she was introduced, you know, when she's introduced with Kimmon, this looked like they were going to have kind of this neat little love story, and then that kind of didn't play mm-hmm. out. Uh, so I really don't know what to do with her character. And I'll, like I said, I don't know where they're going with, with Theo, who is played by Tyro uh, Muhafadin. Yeah. So I'm going with him here as well, because like I said, I, it feels kind of like they may make him into one of the race. It kind of feels that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know for certain. I, like I said, his is. His is very much out and left to be told. I, I, I really don't know what they're going to do with him, and I'm really interested to see what they what they do. But his feels very much up in the air. So uh, next is the Monica, a character that is just plays an important part for whatever reason. Maybe not the most important, maybe not the most well liked, but it's just still a has a very central role to the story. Who'd you go with for your Monica? I went with two people, uh, Markella Cavanaugh as Nori, mm-hmm. who was really a great character. She could have been in the Joey or the, or yeah, the Rachel, really. Mm-hmm. You could have made a part. And the other one is uh, Lloyd Owen as Alendil, okay. because we know his whole story takes place to get us to the Lord of yeah, the Rings. You're right. So uh, I, I went with him. I went with Daniel Layman as a stranger and Markella Cavanaugh as as uh, Nori. That's the uh, kind of the pairing I went with this one. Uh, I just feel like their their role is going to be. I feel like now that he's actually talking, uh, his role will increase, and I do feel like he'll be Gandalf. Even if he's not Gandalf, I feel like he's going to be. His role will still be integral. One of the interesting things about one thing I meant to talk about when they when the when the three cultists witches whatever you want to call these people when when they realize they've made a mistake he is not sorry and they say he is one of the other he is one of the other the Astari I think what they're saying is that I first when I first heard that I felt like they were saying like oh he's just this other person but no it feels like the way looking at it the second time when I saw it it felt like they were saying he is the that other is story like they know in his story already oh uh, okay like maybe i maybe i, I maybe i misunderstood or couldn't quite figure out what they're saying but that's the way i took it the second time when i when i heard it because i kind of went back okay. and played it like so it makes me wonder is there another one that is out there that they are aware of and if this is gandalf are they referring to Saruman? And are we going to kind of get some of that tension that was between the two of yeah. them in this show? So like I said, I, I, that's another part of this. I, I meant to comment on that, that that earlier. And so since I'm talking about him here, I want to go ahead and talk, talk about that now. But like I said, I'll be interested to see how, if I understood that correctly. I don't, I, I don't know. I need to may have to go back and watch it a third time to see if I picked up yeah. on that correctly. So, All right. Next is the Ross, the character you liked the least, either because the character just – you just didn't like the character, not because of the, the performance, or it could be because of the performance of, of the actor themselves, either way. So, who are you going with for your Ross? I went with Coe's here, and these were the characters I complained about the most. It has to be that punk Theo, played, <laughs> played marvelously by Tyro uh, Mufadin, and a sealed dork himself, a sealed dork, <laughs> played very well by Maxim Baldry. They uh, they had the worst parts because they had to be punk kids, right? But they, the actors were really good, and I thought they they got better as the show went on. And I'm interested to see where they go from here. But uh, 
you know, if you want to just point at just like annoying characters right. just because they're like teens, yeah. I'm, I'm picking those two. If you listen to the beginning of this podcast, you probably know where I'm going for this one. I'm going with Edith Poor as the Nomad, Bertie Sisson as the Dweller, and Callie uh, Cope as the Ascetic. I, I, look, they were they did great as they performed their parts. They were they were evil. They were beyond evil. They, it, it was not an issue of performance. Like I said, it felt like to me, the only reason that they were inserted into the story was to put people off the scent of Hallbrand SR. That's uh, that's, yeah. and I hated that. I hated that idea completely. It's when they revealed it. I was like, Nope, don't like anything about that at all. Uh, Look, maybe next season. Well, now that they've now that they've done this, now that they've gotten this whole, we kind of had our little mystery box thing going. Hopefully, they got that out of their system. Uh, they won't have to deal with that anymore. And yeah. I can appreciate these three actresses. Uh, I think one's non-binary, though. I'm not 100 positive about that. But uh, she's can, not. Oh, she's not. One of them's not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like I said, hopefully we can appreciate them. I can appreciate them more for what they're actually doing on screen now that they're not trying to throw us off the scent. I, I, I don't want any more mystery box in this show. I really don't because, like I said, the, the thing that when I truly was just enraptured by the show was the moment they got rid of all that when there was no more. Right. Who is this? Who is that? Who is that? When they got rid of it all, I've I've just fell in love with this show. And like I said, so I'm hoping yeah. that next season that's that's behind them they've done it they got it out of their system and we don't have to worry about that anymore because like yeah. i said i love this episode but like i said it, it did make me realize just how much i was being held back by this whole idea let's let's have a let's have a mystery box because that's what everybody does <laughs> nowadays so right right you're right about that all right uh let's go ahead and give our rating then so here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we have a five-tier rating system. We start at the top with Game of Thrones. Beneath Game of Thrones is a Lost. Beneath that, in the middle of the road, is a Friends. Beneath Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of our barrel is Baywatch. So we both had this at Lost. Do you stay in with Lost? Are you going up? Are you going down? What are you doing? So this episode made me more excited about the show. Right. And after watching it again, I, I'm going to I'm going to learn more about the Lord of the Rings when we when we uh, I, I may even read the books. I inherited the books from my uncle who oh, passed away okay. not long ago. He had like first edition like oh, type books. So nice. I, I may I, I may read them. So but it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more backstory. But still, this is a loss. This this especially when when you compare this to House of the Dragon mm. and Andor that are going on, which again don't ever release this show at the same time. <laughs> True, uh, it's it's just not as good as those, and yeah. and, and, it, and it shows. But it's I really feel good about where it's going. I'm excited. In fact, Will Griffin, our Patreon, texted and said, "Boy, you and Justin have to feel good about where this is, show is yeah. going." And they kind of answered a lot of your questions. I said, "You are correct." So, yes, he is, but he I is still, correct. I, I still think it's a loss. Yeah, look, I really wanted to push this up to a Game of Thrones because, like I said, to kindle the feelings that I had watching the original trilogy, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. That is no small feat. Uh, it is yeah. uh, when we started talking about this. You go back and listen to our first episode covering this show. Uh, one of the things I said is it is my those are my favorite movies. Uh, whenever I rewatch them, my love for them grows even more. And so to get some of those feelings rekindled in me, that like I said, that is not a small feat. And I wanted to go ahead and push this up to a Game of Thrones. 
I, I just don't think I can. Uh, it's like I said, I think I, I think there were some missteps in terms of the storytelling and just in terms of, like I said, doing a mystery box. I just don't think that works in with what they were trying yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. I, I get that is what everybody else does. And it keeps you in the conversation. It keeps people writing articles about you. Who is Sauron? I get all that. And... I just don't think it. I, I just don't think it's a good storytelling method for for what they are trying to do here. Like I said, I think they could have gotten to that a lot sooner, and I think it would have made a much better story had they done that. So, well, and, and let me let me just tell tell you, I learned so much more about Tolkien from listening to you, and they got away from the spirit of Tolkien doing the mystery box. They did. They they did. And like I said, that's the only thing that's keeping me from going up to Game of Thrones. Now, I feel confident. They can, it'll become a Game of Thrones again. I felt like the, when we first started watching this, I was like, I said, I really feel like this will get to a Game of Thrones eventually. And I was a little disappointed in the fact that we were in seven episodes in and it still wasn't at a Game of Thrones. And it's still not yet. It's still a loss for me. But I feel more confident than ever that it's going to get there because I really feel like they'll focus in on, on the actual storytelling from this point on. And at least I hope they do. Yeah. You said it from the beginning. You feel like th- the show's actually starting now. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like it is starting now. And uh, it's, like this entire first season has been a pilot for the most part. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really weird way to do a show, but you know what? Yeah. That's fine. If, if if you want to start, if you really want to start getting into this, you really want to start getting into the Lord of the Rings of it all at this point, that's fine. Well, yeah. uh, in season two, we'll pick it up there. And like I said, we'll see if they can do it. But I feel more confident they'll get to a, a game of right, Thrones now. Right. So. All right. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to things we're looking forward to? No, I just want to say, man, I appreciate just your knowledge of this. You were uh, help so helpful to me and so helpful to our listeners. Uh, several of them reached out. So I, I really appreciate you, and you inspired me to want to learn more and, and to become more of a fan. So well, you, you've done a great job. I, I'm, glad I, I'm glad that this is the case. Uh, I will never, ever, you know, encouraging people look the stories i will say this if you're going to read the books if you plan to get in to read the books the color king writes different than what they write in this in just terms of it's uh i mean it's hard to describe it, it's a different feel i mean yes he's telling the same stories uh there's a lot more songs i'll just go ahead and tell you this like the characters yeah. break into song all the time in 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 the in the books uh so if you're going to read the books like i said just be prepared there's a lot of that type of stuff in there uh it's very the language is it's some it t- it's it's not hard to read but it is you know something there was sometimes i just stop and like did I catch that? And I have to go back and read it two or three times. So like I said, I do want to, if anybody else has decided to do the same thing, they do want to go back and read the books. I just want people to be aware of that because it can be, it can be confusing at times. Take your time. Like I know a lot of people when they read, like my wife is this way, she'll read a, a 400 page book in like two days because she just flies through it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not, my that, wife is the same way. Yeah, I'm not that way. Like, uh, I read Dune. It's like a 700 page book. And it's just, surprisingly, it took me less than a week. I thought it was going to take me a while. Cause I, there are lots of things I'll go back and read. Like, okay, did I catch that? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll read like two or three times. Lord of the Rings. I did that a lot in there. So, yeah. uh, just like I said, just be aware of that. Uh, it can be, like I said, it's, it's beautifully written, but it's also, it's difficultly written as well. So like I said, I do want to yeah. try to warn uh, people. Well, else. I, I actually read the Wikipedia page of Sauron to try to get to, and I noticed that I was like, well, my plan is to read the books. I'm not sure I'll follow through. Maybe I'll just read some Wikipedia. Pages. Well, maybe, Hey, whatever it takes that, whatever it takes, man, that's all. That's what I always try to tell people. So, all right, so let's go into the things that we are looking forward to. Uh, what's some things you're looking forward to? 
I got one, uh, and speaking of reading books, I just finished the Michael Mann book, Heat 2. Okay. And it is obviously going to be made into a movie, and I cannot wait to see who they cast in this movie, because the the original movie takes place in 1995, yeah. so mm-hmm. this one has a backstory to 1988 where the the heist crew and vincent uh give me all you got hannah played by al pacino right is they almost meet up in chicago they almost run each other and then it takes place 10 years later and i'm going to give you a spoiler for heat i'm sorry if you haven't seen a movie <laughs> nearly 30 years old uh val kilmer is the only person who lives of the of the right. heist crew and it's Al Pacino, Vincent Hanna, go, trying to track him down. So okay. it takes place in 95, and then it's like almost 10 years later. Okay. Uh, so who the heck are they going to get to play 40-something to 60-year-old Al Pacino right, exactly. part? And I'm talking about ramped up. Give me all your hat. She's got to. I mean, who is? who could possibly play that part? I, I cannot wait to see who they cast yeah. he wants timothy chalamet pacino oh gosh way too young yeah way, way too, young. too young uh my friend brian mcduff mentioned oscar isaac he's a lot taller than pacino yeah. but he, i could see him he doing probably it, could pull him off. Yeah. i think he might be quite tall val kilmer i think you got a couple of people glenn powell from top gun yeah he could work and wyatt russell kurt russell's son and yeah, the guy yeah. and from top gun he looks like easily and that would be cool if he gets because you know uh russell and and val kilmer have the great tombstone Mm. that would be cool i could see either of them because they're both blonde uh so that would be interesting and then you've got like de niro that could be leonardo dicaprio easy could you could easily see that playing that part you know a 45 year old you know i kind of think one of my favorite actors who I love. I, I would be. I think he could pull off the the Al Pacino part. Tom Hiddleston. I think he could do that. I think he could pull off that. Yeah, dance. man, that's a good. Yeah, I think he could pull that off. They have the same size. Yeah. yeah, they're about the same size. And look, if you haven't seen him outside of Loki, he's a really no, good I'm actor. Outside of outside, yeah. you yeah. get him outside of Loki. Look, he's done some. I mean, he can do yeah. the crazy, you know, uh, off his rocker type thing. He can do the quiet, yeah, contemplative love stuff. Hiddleston. Yeah, I can see him pulling that off. I, I'm with you. I, I could, I could see Hilston. Yeah. So I, I, I tell you, who might be the hardest is Tom Sizemore, who's about thirty something. Mm-hmm. You know, when when Heat Two takes place, mm-hmm. because no, not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of like thirty year old actor. Like he had such a presence. Yeah. He's not like a huge guy, but he looks like he is because he's you know he's got some bulk to him. He's just very intimidating. I don't okay. know who plays that part. Well, okay, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, uh, oh gosh, I just can't remember. All right, uh, he is Bane in the Batman movies. Uh, oh, Tom Hardy. Hardy, yeah. There we go. Yeah, he if but he's he might be too old, but you might have to do that because yeah. there's not a lot of thirty year olds that are. He's yeah. not that. I mean, he's probably his forties, isn't he? Yeah, he's in his forties. They could, but, they, I mean, could like, they could make it work. I mean, yeah, they could make it work. But yeah, I you know I I'm always if you dude if you had a like Tom Hiddleston, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That, yeah, so I'm interested to see. It's going to happen, and I, I just can't wait to see who they cast in these roles. Yeah, that, that would be fun. It will, it will be a lot of fun. Is that your only one, or do you got any more? Yeah, that's my only one. Okay. All right, so I have two. Uh, the other one, 
can't wait to see how the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. <laughs> Black Adam comes out this Friday. Uh, finally. Yes, finally. finally. Look, I have no idea if this movie's going to be good. I, I really don't. I don't I, I do not know why uh what's his name? Uh Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock, Rock Johnson. Johnson. I have no idea why he has been so insistent on playing this part for years, but he has been. He has wanted well, this movie. Doing, he he wants to get in the superhero game. Yeah, but like it's this particular hero. He has been begging for this hero. Like well, he's not even a hero, he's a villain that they're turning into an anti-hero. Like, yeah, but how many how many characters look like him? Well, that's that's true. Maybe that's maybe that's all it simply boils down I think that, to. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. You, you may be right about that. Uh, because he knows if he plays super Superman, he's going to get crap. Yeah, he is. He's going to get crapped on. Uh, so, like I said, I, I can't wait to see what this is going to be like. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be any good. I have no idea. Look, most of the things that Dwayne The Rock Johnson does are at least entertaining. At the very yeah, least, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I'm planning on to see it. My, uh, I'll be going by myself because my son, for still whatever reason, he's still Marvel only. I will not go see DC. So, yeah. whatever, son. <laughs> and l- let me let me let me say something. When I say he's going to get crap. He's going to get crap from races. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Mm. Not, he doesn't look like... Dwayne The Rock Johnson could play... Oh, he could play Superman. Mm, yeah, yeah, he could. Yeah, but I, I, I want to preface that. that I, you know, he could pull it off. I don't... I think he could pull off the Superman. I don't know he could pull off the Clark Kent. I'll, I will say that. It, yeah, that would be his hardest. The Clark Kent, the part. bumbling, I'm kind of yes. like not... I'm not really good at this. I, like, I agree. That yeah, would be, that would, would be tougher would for struggle. him. So, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm really interested to see what this movie is going to be. Like I said, I don't know if it's yeah. going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad, but I'm still really interested to see what it's going to be. So, yeah. All right. And the other thing is actually what is taking our, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power place in our review for next week, uh, because we are saying bye to Lord of the Rings. Uh, and we are now saying hello to The Peripheral. It is coming out this Friday on Amazon Prime. So, if you look, I don't know if this show is kind of the same thing. I don't know if this show is going to be good but it's done by uh lisa joy and jonathan nolan the same people who did all of westworld uh look most of the time westworld's been good uh and yeah. kind of looking at this this kind of feels like it's going to be westworld for amazon well and let's be honest they're involved with uh christopher nolan as well yeah they jonathan, are jonathan, especially. Well, that's his brother well, that's his wife jonathan but nolan is, it, is is christopher nolan's brother lisa you know, joy right, but, is jonathan nolan's wife yeah okay so there's no way she's not involved jonathan nolan is completely involved oh, yeah. christopher mm-hmm. and him usually write the stuff together mm-hmm. she has to be involved somehow. oh yeah i would think so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so like i said i'm really looking forward to this uh like i said I, I look normally anything that amazon does on a weekly basis they feel pretty confident about it and this yeah. is going to be one yeah, of their yeah, weekly yeah. basis shows so they must feel pretty good about it uh, going into it to give it a to give it a weekly release so uh we plan to cover it uh we hope that you will tune into that and tune into us when we talk about it next week so uh, other than that, is there anything else you want to add? I uh, just appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.